comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Catherine revved up the microwave, I'd piss my pants and forget who I was for a half hour or so. It's 30 minutes away. I'll be there in 10. I'll be there in 10. Is this a five-minute argument or a full half hour? You have 30 minutes to move your car. Your car. You have 30 minutes to move your cube. Your cube. You are listening to a half hour wasted. We feel like a lemon, but taste like a grape. Welcome to episode 496 of A Half Hour Wasted. I'm Frank. And I'm Brad. And it's just like the old times, buddy. No bill yeah, today. It is. Just me and you can actually have a conversation. Yeah. Where's Bill, by the way? Colorado. I didn't ask Colorado what he was Street. doing. Because it's, you know, I don't suppose it's any of our business what he's doing. But I'm sure he's just on vacation. I'm making a bigger deal out of it than... <laughs> than uh, but we love Bill. And uh, we'll... Obviously, welcome him back to the recordings when he when he uh, can participate. But for now, it's just like old times. It was yeah. about it was somewhere in the I want to say eighties or nineties where we made Bill a, a full time member, and the the reason we did that is because we had started recording at his house on a regular basis because oh, yeah. we lost our access to the um, recording facilities that we had been using you know and uh but i've gone back and listened to some episodes when it's just me and you those are good times uh-huh. those are good times yeah you know we we love bill but you know when it's when it's two people it's a it's more of a conversation and i i would not trade having bill on the show for anything so mm-hmm. i don't want to give anybody except except when he reads wikipedia articles <laughs> On occasion, you know, maybe I should start editing out some of his Wikipedia stuff. <laughs> but um, so, what have you been up to, man? Man, it's been a it's been a slow week. Absolutely nothing extraordinary. Uh, as of recording right now, we are in the second to last week of July. July I guess we could, or uh, yeah, um, yeah. Well, I guess we could say we're mid July right now. This this it, episode will actually be published. A- a day or two after we record it. So it, it you know, do the yeah. math. So, I mean, uh, um, uh, these conversations are always a little difficult for me to have because it's just like, Hey, what have you been up to? Well, I've been at home. Uh, I walked my dog. Uh, I did some yard work and dot, 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 <laughs> you know, uh, there, there's nothing kind of fun to, uh, uh, to, you know, not brag about, but you know, talk oh, about know. our stuff. I, I did get my car realigned and the oil changed. Ooh, adult that stuff. Was a, yeah, that that was a that was an uh, an outing that I kind of enjoyed. <laughs> you know, reason to get out of the house. Yeah, a, a lot of times I will just drive around the neighborhood with the dog. You know, just to have something to do. Sure. So n- nothing exciting. Listen to podcast or music while I'm driving, and, and that's a nice outage. But how about you? What have you been up to? 
Well, I've been back to work for a few months now, and um, we're starting to have some things to do at work, some small events, a couple of big events, but nothing like, you know, pre-COVID. Um, but it's been nice to be able to actually have something to do at work, so I'm thankful for that. Um, our building at the Hearst Conference Center has a seven-floor parking garage in the back, and what we've kind of been doing, we've done three or four of them. Uh, we call it the seventh floor movies. We do it on a Friday or Saturday night. We set up a screen and hang it from one of the structures on the top floor of the, of the parking garage. And we um, show a movie and been selling t- cheap tickets for people to come up to the seventh floor and watch a movie. You know, it gets dark about nine. So we'll start the movie about eight fifty five, and um, we've shown the Blob from 1958 with Steve McQueen. <laughs> that was our test run. We hit, we invited in her city employees only. It went well. So then we did um, Raiders of the Lost Ark and invited the public. And we did Ferris Bueller's Day Off. And then actually the next one we're going to show uh, in a couple of weeks is uh, The Princess Bride. So yeah, it's pretty neat up top. It's seventh floor. There's a nice breeze. There's no mosquitoes. Mosquitoes don't hang out, you know, seven floors up. Uh, so it's really nice. And um, it's been, uh, you know, it's been hot when we set up. But then when the sun goes down and the breeze comes, it's real nice. And we have a little concession stand with a, you know, with a, a little um, uh, sound system up there and just blast the sound from the movie. It's really nice. It's And it's fun, too. So. You know that that feels like a real kind of a summer activity, and it's a and it's a it's a communal thing to do, especially with families that are that are with little kids that are struggling to find things to do. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that that's that you're you you are providing a public service in a way. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been fun. We've had a lot of uh, good response. We're limiting the number of tickets we can sell, depending on how many seats we can have up there. Socially distancing groups from mm-hmm. each other and stuff like that but um i'm actually going to work this afternoon for a couple hours we have a wedding reception i have to go set up some lights and give the dj some power and stuff like that and then uh i don't know if i ever mentioned um me going to the fort worth stockyards rodeo um over the last several months on occasion on a friday or saturday night and running camera for their rodeo no um, you haven't mentioned that yeah so the Fort Worth Stockyards Rodeo is like the the oldest indoor rodeo in the country, and it it goes fifty two weeks a year with the odd, you know, closed weekend. But it's been running, and I've been uh, since late last year. No, even before that, you know, spaced out. I've been doing the occasional Friday night and Saturday night three hour camera gig. You know, going making a little extra money, and um, they have bull riding and calf roping and tie downs and barrel racing just all your typical rodeo activities and uh it's just been a nice way to make a little extra money well when the pandemic hit they shut down obviously and they've just opened up about a month ago or so and last night i went i'm way off away from everybody i'm wearing a mask anyway but um it's just another you know it's just a a way to make a little extra money and it's fun and I've kind of gained an appreciation for those uh those uh, they are athletes I'll say it right out like the the bull, the bull riders oh my gosh I mean it's it's 
they say it's the most dangerous sport anybody can do. And um, I've seen some incredible near misses. I've wow. seen seen bull riders get stomped. I've seen one guy get thrown up into the air 15 feet. I mean, it's just, it's pretty amazing. So I've, uh, I've, you know, I've lived in Texas my whole life, never been to a rodeo. And so, uh, would you say it would be a fun first date activity? Well, it it, sounds like if, if someone wanted to get the Texas experience, it's interesting there. It's very interesting. There's okay. So there's the Fort Worth Stockyards rodeo has been happening forever. That's the kind of a smaller rodeo compared to the rodeo that they had at the Will Rogers Coliseum for years and years, which has now moved to the new Dickies arena. Uh, so the, and that's a larger rodeo, but, and probably more expensive to get into than the Fort Worth Stockyards rodeo, but it will certainly, you know, give you something to talk about. Okay. Uh, Okay. And, um, if you've never been, I would go at least once to just broaden your horizons, see something you've never seen before. Um, and, and then you could honestly say, this isn't my first rodeo. It, yeah, once you go, at that then point you can on, say that. Yes, sir. Yeah. You, can, you can say that next time you go, hey, this ain't my first rodeo. <laughs> you can say see, that with all authority. Yeah. You can say, uh, yeah, this isn't my first rodeo. From memory, I can tell you, concessions is to, your, to the left. <laughs> Restrooms are on that side. It's not my first rodeo. I know where everything is. Yeah. Parking it's, is in the It's rear. interesting. And um, I made a habit of, so it's it's right behind Billy Bob's Texas, and right across the street from Billy Bob's Texas is a barbecue joint that's delicious. So whenever I go to the run camera at the rodeo, I always leave a little early. I get to park near the barbecue place for free because I got a tag. I go in, have a little barbecue, a little beer, and then I go early enough that Two and a half hours later, when the rodeo starts, I'm comfortable. I've got food in my belly. The beer has worked its way out of my system. I'm ready to go, and I stand for three hours. Well, there's a chair I can lean on every once in a while, but uh, uh, it's fun. Well, what's yeah? What's the barbecue place? We we can let's compare barbecue places. Um, I'm going to double check the name. I'm pretty sure it's called Cooper's Old Time Barbecue. C-O-O-P-E-R. Yeah, Cooper's Old Time Pit Barbecue. So there's it's a delicious. Place. It's right next to um it's right next to uh to Billy Bob's. In the there's stockyards. There's a place uh here in Dallas there's a there's an area called Bishop Arts. Mm-hmm. And uh in there nestled is a little place called Lockwoods. Which, in my opinion, oh my God, their their barbecue is so good. They have some coleslaw with blue cheese in it uh, that will just kind of like uh, it's a f- flavor explosion in your mouth. It's it's amazing. Um, it's like a party in my mouth, and everyone's invited. Exactly, and uh, you know, Sunny Bryant is known here, Dallas as a very very famous barbecue yeah. place. Yeah. Uh, Golly, you know, I think they're really good. It has never spoken to me. I, I Barbecue? Just, uh, uh, no, uh, Sonny Bryant. Oh. Uh, Sonny Bryant. Yeah. 
which which is like a, a mainstay here in, in in Dallas. I mean, usually if someone comes to Dallas visiting, they want to yeah. go, hey, I want to try Sunny Brian's, and I'll take them. But uh, for me, it's good, but it's not like mouth watering. Lockwoods yeah. is mouth. I'll have to try Lockwoods. There's a place in yeah. Fort Worth called Angelos. They're known for their ribs. <laughs> oh my goodness! Wow, so good. Oh my god, so good. Welcome to Meat Talk. Oh yeah, I'm gonna get the meat sweats <laughs> just talking about it. <laughs> hey Brad, you had a couple things you wanted to uh, uh, to bring up. Uh, you got a package recently? Oh yeah, big shout out to Ken Morgan. Uh, he has recently started uh, kind of catching up with us. In fact, let me go back to... Oh, yeah, back on June 28th when we published episode 492. There's the trivia episode with Russell Latham. Yeah. He posted on our Facebook page. He says, hey, guys, long time, first time. What a great show. I was working in my garage and needed something to listen to while I wasted a half an hour or so. This fit the bill nicely. Seriously... Good to hear you guys again, although I'm a little disappointed that Russell didn't know that first Captain America question. <laughs> and then, of course, Russell and Ken have a little back and forth. But um, So he started listening to us, and then you know later on I had started talking. Oh, in 494 I mentioned that I had gotten into D&D and I was playing with the kids. And um, he commented about that as well. And then uh, a few weeks later I was leaving work. Leaving for work in the morning, I open my apartment door and there's an Amazon box sitting out on the doorstep. And I was like, I didn't order any Amazon packages delivered here. I always have them delivered to where I work. Anyway, I opened it up real quick. And it's a Dungeons and Dragons book. Found out Ken Morgan sent it to me because he was listening and he thought I'd enjoy it. This book in particular was, I've mentioned that group Critical Role that I've watched um, yeah, yeah. It's become so popular in Dungeons and Dragons has um uh, this guy Matt Mercer has created his own quote unquote universe. I've said all this. But anyway, they made it they made this universe he created official canon and they published a hardback source book. Oh, wow. And Ken sent that to me. So thank you very much, Ken. I really appreciate that. Uh, that was a nice surprise. And it's got a beautiful map that I've taken out of the back of this world that he created. It's pretty awesome. So um, I also want to thank you. While I haven't dived into it yet, uh, I plan on watching these Critical Role, Role, R-O-L-E, yeah. uh, videos on YouTube uh, uh, because they sound right up my alley. But I remember you saying that you know it's a two-hour commitment. And uh, Oh, sometimes so, they're three to four hours long. The yeah, each, and, each episode. and I don't have a problem with that. But I need to commit myself to uh, <laughs> they, to relaxing and, and watching yeah. them. But that sounds right up my alley. So they started – I've said all this before, and I apologize for repeating myself. But just for clarity's sake, for you, Frank, they're in the middle of their second campaign that they've been broadcasting online. Um, they finished campaign one a few years ago. They finished out a multi-year story that they've been playing for a while on their own. And then they started broadcasting it. I believe when they started broadcasting it, all their characters had, had been leveled up to like, they've played so long that they were all at level seven. And then they finished out this campaign. Number one that they called for a couple more years. Then they, that ended and then they started a new campaign. And that's where I started watching was campaign two. So if you see, if you go to the critical role thing on YouTube and you see things labeled campaign one or campaign two, I started with campaign two. You can start wherever you want, but 
Um, they're currently in the middle of campaign two, I suppose. Actually, oh, they're, at like, they're at like episode 103 or something like that. And I'm currently in episode watching episode 60, I believe. So anyways, okay, cool. um, so thank you, Ken, for that. And um, he was also listening to our uh, the last episode we published about, you know, remember when I was asking the three of us all these weird questions and we had to answer them. Yeah. And yeah. I said, um, if you had to sum up the internet in one sentence, what would it be? Uh, Ken says he'd sum up the internet very simply by citing the Vulcan philosophy of IDIC, infinite diversity and infinite combinations. So I thought that was a good way of looking at the internet. Oh, that's a, that's, just, a, that's a very positive. Uh, I think we were pretty down on it. Yeah, too. we were. Uh, uh, <laughs> we were. Uh, you know, we we all kind of yeah. It was expressed our frustration. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. I think is another yeah. another way we could say it. Um, you'd brought up. Uh, how did we in episode four ninety four? How did we start talking about John Denver's song "Country Roads"? Do you remember? No, it escapes me. Uh, it, it, I think we had mentioned John Denver, and then you know what? I Bill was probably talking about going to Denver or Colorado, and then he also know, said something about the movie Logan Lucky. Um. Because that song was in Logan Lucky. I don't know how we started talking about Country Roads, but yeah. one of our listeners, John Wimmer, uh, commented that he lives in West Virginia, and he says, you can't get away from the song Country Roads. I usually end up twitching because the geography is so off. I can see how it means, uh, how much it means to other folks, so I never bring it up. Anyway, apparently John Denver got some of his geography wrong in that. Oh, really? In that, uh, in that sh- uh, song, so... Uh, anyway yeah when when you uh uh when you mention like certain neighborhoods and, uh, and songs escape me right now but it's it's uh like i love well, la uh uh you know i'm sure some of the geography is wrong in that song you by know, randy newman yeah and what was the the journey song just a small town girl living in a lonely world that uh-huh. whatever what is that what song is that i know i could think about it and get it but Oh, just, just a small, small town. town then later on, he goes, just a small town boy, born and raised in South Detroit. Apparently, there is no such thing as South Detroit. <laughs> but that doesn't make really? sense to me because there's always a South of something, right? Right. I, I would agree with that. It maybe can't all be North. Maybe nobody calls the southern end of South Detroit South Detroit, except for Steve Perry. You know, a, a better I mean, example. Technically, I live in South Louisville. But you never hear anybody talk about South Louisville. Um, I think a better example is when you see your town represented in a TV show or a movie, and they make a cut from one part of town to the other part of town, and you're like, what? That's not how it works. You can't get there that quick. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And that's always kind of frustrating for you as a a home, you know, hey, my town's being represented. Right. Um, There's been a couple of shows that have filmed in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and I've noticed a couple of those little things on TV. I'm going to be like, they can't get from that part of town to that part of town that quick. If you remember uh, Tom Hanks' son, I forget his name. It was called The Good Guys, I think was the name of that show. Bradley Whitford. It was a great show. It yeah. was wonderful. I love that show because Bradley Whitford is a national treasure. But yeah, they shot that in Dallas. Did and I then, tell um, you that 
that uh, before that show was released, I saw him uh, at the Sixth Floor Museum in Dallas. Bradley Whitford or Colin yes. Hanks? Uh, uh, Bradley Whitford. Really? So, quick story. Um, I love that guy. Backstory. Yeah, quick backstory. I was uh, a friend of mine who lives here in Dallas said, Hey, I have a, I, I have a, a, a friend of mine. She's coming from out of town. She wants to go to sixth floor museum. You want to come join us? We can all hang out. And I was just like, yeah, you know what? I've never been to the sixth floor museum. So I could be, a, we could be a tourist in our own town. Uh, by the way, sixth floor museum. Awesome. Go Brad. If you've never been, it is so interesting. And just, I've you'll been get to the outside out. area, but I've never been in the museum. Go inside. Okay. It, it's fascinating. But so anyway, we did the whole museum and it was fun and we got a lot out of it. And so we were in the gift shop talking. We're just chit-chatting and stuff. And Bradley Wifford walked by. No way. But I did not know his name. Like I was looking at him and go, I know him. Did you go, hey, West Wing? (laughs) No, I didn't. But he he was with a woman, and he was just doing what everyone does, just kind of looking around and uh, looking at all the tchotchkes and stuff. And he has that signature mustache. That's really what stood out to me was that mustache of his. And um, I was just like, God, he looks so familiar. And, uh, you know, a couple months later, then the good guys comes out. And I was like, oh, my gosh, he was here in Dallas uh, recording uh, episodes, which, again, great show. It always – started with the ending of the show and fast forwarded to the beginning as to how they got in that position. Yeah. Yeah. And it was two cops who, uh, you know, one was by the book. The other one was, was rogue. Bradley Whitford was the rogue Seat guy. Of his pants. And, uh, yeah. And they were really funny. It, it was a great series. Yeah, it sorry. was. It didn't, it I think didn't it only last. lasted it great, one season, right? Yeah. It had a great opening too. You know what? I'm going to see if I can find that. That was a good show. Yeah. Bradley Whitford was in that show, um, West Wing. And then he's also Jake Peralta's father on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, um, <laughs> which is my one of my favorite sitcoms ever. Um, he was also in the movie Cabin in the Woods, which was great. Oh, yeah. He was in that new Godzilla, yeah. the last Godzilla movie. He's always kind of that, like that smart-alecky, snide comment guy, which is... I guess I identify with. I don't know if I should admit to that, but um, we, we want to be we want to be that. Um, uh, you know, we want to we want, we all want to be the Han Solo. <laughs> oh sure, right? yeah. Uh, what's Tom Collins or what's Tom Hanks' son's name? Colin. Colin. Uh, Colin Hanks, C O L I N, I think. Wilford, what's that guy's name? Wilford. Bradley Whitford. Bradley Whitford. What are you looking up? I want to look up the opening to that show, but I don't think it's the good guys. Uh, uh, No, it is the good guys. 2010. I just remember loving that opening. Yeah, I'll have to look that up later. All right. Well, I'm killing time. Anyway, uh, any other comments on on our Facebook or... No. No. Not not really. There was um there was something it might have been a tweet or something, but I can't recall right off the top of my head. Oh, Forrest Bates says I'm loving that you guys are looking at the Mandalorian. That's back when we were doing two episodes per oh, yeah, HHW yeah. episode. 
He said, I've been watching, rewatching the episodes and then watching the corresponding episode of the documentary this week. It's really cool stuff. Yeah, I can't Forrest, wait. Forrest always has a, a cool, uh, a cool post on Instagram. I, I like him. He's, he seems to have a good family and he's always kind of sharing his adventures and he seems to do some fun stuff too. Yeah. There was something else I was going to bring up. Um, I've given up on looking the opening because you, you just put in the good guys. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, apparently that's a popular name for a show. But anyway, I'll find it and send it to you. Or or we'll have Johnny M find it. He can find anything on the oh Internet. Gosh, yeah. That was good having him on the show a couple of weeks back. I'm glad I'm glad you, uh, uh, oh, he, you brought him on. Yeah, he it was fun. And he texted me and said, um, anytime you want to have me on the show, uh, Please let me know. I can't stand talking to my family anymore. I've been quarantined with them too long. Something that something of that something of that yeah. nature. Anyone with the family is uh is kind of dealing dealing with that right now. You know, I guess Brad and I, you were kind of lucky in that we have some solitude. Uh, you know, I, I have a dog to keep me company and get me out of the house. And uh, by the way, NASA uh, NASA is. Uh, uh, is the worst dog in the world. Just what? why? What happened? <laughs> it's actually very funny. A uh, couple couple mornings ago, so we have a routine where our day starts at five thirty in the morning because she likes the party, and so <laughs> she likes to start her day early. So my alarm goes off at five thirty. Lights go on, and so she starts dancing around. And I let her out of the house and I make her breakfast and then she comes running in at a million miles an hour, gobbles up her breakfast and then we have some, some petting time. And so she loves it when I, uh, pent, uh, her haunches, the back of her legs, you know? So I was standing over her and her tail was, uh, um, it was facing, you know, um, the other way. And so I was standing over her and petting her, petting her legs and she's just, relaxing and i say you know who's a sweet girl who's a good girl and she farted and i started to laugh and then the stank hit and man that was a bad stank and i I'm, i was more mad that my mouth was open for laughing than <laughs> <laughs> my mouth was open. That's you got me. my mouth was open on that one yeah that's awful could you that's taste it uh you know, it was just bad. I I do remember going and just kind of uh, you know pushing her away with my hands and going, you know, I'm gonna go brush my teeth and then. Went to- <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> Did I hear her uh, collar jingling just a second ago? Is she right there with you? No, she's actually asleep in the corner, her corner. Uh, so prior to the show, I gave her. Did you uh, banish her to the corner? Is she in trouble? No, that's her corner. Is she that's in timeout? Her- um, so, you know, she has her soft little, uh, beds where she can sleep anywhere she wants. And I put her bed in the corner and she really likes just the floor. So, uh, so she'll go to the corner of the room, sleep in that floor and she is, she's fast asleep. But prior to recording, I gave her uh, a big knuckle to kind of chew on and, uh, she went outside, she went to the backyard, she went to her spot in the backyard, chewed on that for about 15 minutes came inside, looked at me and then went to her corner and has been sleeping since. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. I'm glad you and her bonded. Yeah. No, we we're, we're we're pretty good together. Uh we have a very good routine. Um 
the one thing, God, this annoys me so much. Again, if you want to buy a dog cheap. Uh, so uh, usually, and this still happens. I can hear but, her snoring. As soon as, you, as soon as you moved the mic, I couldn't hear it, but oh. I actually heard her while you were talking. Um, but um, so in the evening, I'll make her dinner. She'll dance around the kitchen, put her food down. She eats it up within a second, but I'm making my dinner after I serve her. The second I sit down to eat, she drabs a toy over and she immediately wants to play after she eats. And that's usually when I'm eating. So I have learned that, you know, I have to feed her and then I can make my dinner, but then I put it off to the side, let it cool off. And then we have to play for at least three or four minutes, which is tug of war or chasing her around the house. And then after that, she's satisfied. She's just got a lot of energy after she eats. So, Mm. um, uh, is your your dinner always cold then? Eh, It's coolish. I, I can usually wait, but it's just annoying. It, it seems to happen like the second I sit down, she will come, she will run to the other side of the room, grab a toy, come up to me and look at me and just like start growling. <laughs> Maybe you should start uh, eating standing up. Uh, yeah. Or what I really should do is feed myself, then feed her. But uh, there you go. But she, you know, um, I feel guilty if I do that because she just looks at me while I'm eating my dinner. And, you know, I know I'm her master and I get to, you know, set the rules, but she loves to eat, man. I just want to feed my dog. I just want to make her happy. She hadn't escaped and run away again. Oh my gosh. No. You know, I was thinking about that the other day. So for listeners who don't know, it's been about two years now, um, year and a half. Uh, uh, I was going to a wedding in Peru. And a group of friends and I were going to go. This was probably the last big hurrah. And there were probably about 25 people going to this wedding. And I was super excited. Amy, the girl, had agreed to take care of my dog because I was going to be gone for about a week. And uh, so she took the dog. And um, and I next day I went to the airport. And I got there early because at the time the um, Homeland Security workers, they were on strike. So they weren't getting paid. But they had to show up to work, so uh, so I showed up to the airport two hours, three hours early, because I didn't know if there was going to be a line. I didn't know if there was going to be a hassle. It was an international flight. I just wanted to be on time, so I got there very early. I'm about an hour to getting on my plane when I get a call from Amy the girl with the heartbreaking news that NASA had escaped without her caller. I left the airport, hopped in a hopped in a Uber. Went home, went to Amy's house, and we just started looking into the night. And uh, it got too late to look. Went home, went to sleep. Next morning, Amy had made a whole bunch of posters. Oh, that's our 30 minutes. Um, made some posters, went around, uh, uh, put them around the neighborhoods. Uh, I had been talking. Amy lives in a town called Plano, Texas, which is a, a suburb of Dallas. I had been talking to their pet uh, um, uh, the uh, pet shelter and I had started a little relationship with one of the ladies uh, on the phone there because it's it's a small town compared to Dallas and so I said 
she would call me. She goes, hey, we just got a report. Someone reported a, a fat orange dog walking down the street in this neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And so I'd run over to that neighborhood and, you know, I'd look around for her. Anyway, 24 hours later, almost exactly 24 hours later, I get a call from that same woman. And she goes, we just got a call about a, a dog who wandered in a Walmart looking for water. <laughs> wow. Drove over to that Walmart. There was my girl. And she was, about, she was about, three, yeah, she was about three miles away from where she had, uh, uh, wandered, uh, escaped from. So, uh, all was well. I got her back, didn't make it to the wedding and, uh, uh, and lost. And because it was international flight and stuff like that, I lost everything. Uh, I had, I had bought travel insurance, but they would only honor it if it was a medical emergency and, I was honest and said, well, my dog got lost. And they said, eh, sorry. That sucks. That's the most expensive dog you've ever had. Yeah. She better and, be uh, worth it. The, oh, yeah, she is. But she, you know, um, it's bittersweet because I will look at those pictures from that wedding. And uh, uh, there, there's a couple of pictures where I could tell, like, if I was there, I would have been sitting right, right there. Yeah. I know where I would have been sitting. And well, then maybe you could, <clears throat> maybe you could take some of those photos and Photoshop yourself into them. <laughs> right. Exactly. That way you could act like you went and, you know, we tell ourselves things like our whole life that may not have been accurate when we first started thinking about it or telling ourselves that, but then by the time we're several years older, it's a complete fact. You know, so. You do oh, that long yeah. enough, you you will have gone to that wedding in Peru. See, I've got pictures. There yeah. I am. Look, guys. Frank, that's a bad Photoshop. No. no <laughs> don't rewrite history. Hey, we got uh, we hit 30. You want to wrap it up? Yeah. And we can come back for, a, for another one? Okay. Okay. I got to well, pee guys, anyway. You, yeah. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode of A Half Hour Wasted. It's just Brad and Frank just talking... Telling you stories you probably already heard. Like the good old days. Like the good old days. Uh, drop us an email at halfhourwasted at gmail.com. I know we have a phone number, but whatever. Uh, follow us on Twitter at halfhourwasted. But until next week, I'm pretty sure I'm that I'm Brad. I'm pretty sure that phone number still works. 978, <laughs> uh, shoot, 972-798-3830. Wow, that was muscle memory. All right, do it again. 972-798-3830. I'm pretty sure that's what... You know what's in my phone? Let me look it up real quick. Yeah, and uh, normally we have... We'll often refer to it as the boilerplate. It's just this document I have where I would read the the ending copy. Oh my gosh, I did it. 972-798-3830. I dare you to call us and leave a message. Oh, that's a good one, Brad. Uh, Okay, guys. Till next week, I'm Frank. I'm Brad. We'll see you next time on Half Hour Wasted. Wasted.